Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jose's got a fossil to his left. Goes for the one-two. Jose and he's into the box. Can he get it across to Taylor? They'll yeah, there's the come goal. On, great move. Superb work from Charlton to carve open the Mansfield defence. And Taylor's on the end of the Jose cross to put Charlton one 0 up. That's a superb move from the Alex on this left-hand side. Fossil picks it up again. Now Clark, little chip ball forward towards Jose. It's offside, but cleverly leaves it for Stevenson. Stevenson crossing opportunity. He's got Fossil. He's got Jose in the middle. It's a lovely ball. A Jose reverse ball will come to Taylor. Taylor shoots two 0 Charlton, and it all came from a lovely ball from Toby Stevenson on the left hand side. Initially, it's clever from a Jose, just a dummy at four Stevenson. His ball across to a Jose, managed to find the chance striker who picked out Taylor at the back post, and those two combine again for the Addicts' second. Again, Sarpong Rado over there and uh, shrugs him off the ball as he tries to foul him. Benning. And what? What? What earth is that decision from the referee? What is that? <laughs> what is that? I mean, Benning was all over Sarpong Rado. Oh, no, he's not. Has he corrected himself? I think he's corrected himself. He actually pointed for a Mansfield free kick. And everybody, I mean, I think including Mansfield, were just totally shocked by that. Has he changed his mind? No, he hasn't, has he? What's he done? Nobody should... I'm pretty sure he's changed his mind he's given it to Charlton now. Nobody has a clue. Well, <laughs> At least of all the referees. All and it, is, it is a Charlton free kick and it's quickly taken. And it's into Morgan who looks for the switch here to a Jose. Stevenson on the underlap for a Jose who cuts inside, uses him as a decoy. Now finds Stevenson in the penalty area. Gets the ball across. It's touched in by Mark Marshall. Who's given Charlton's third and Mansfield are absolutely apoplectic and you can understand why. I mean, the referee has basically assisted this goal for Charlton. Taylor does really well to come back and win it back for Charlton. Going on a bit of a run now to the corner of the penalty area, Taylor. Still on it. Lyle Taylor takes the chip. Oh, this could be a glorious goal! Oh, my word! That is exceptional from Lyle Taylor. What a way to get your hat-trick and put a seal on this FA Cup first round replay oh my word Lyle Taylor no one in the ground saw that he picked up on the right hand side he's determined to get his hat trick he's obviously he was turning towards goal and he was driving towards penalty area and he just gets his head up and just thinks it over the goalkeeper he times it to perfection it's a delightful finish and Charlton had their fourth and Taylor with a hat trick he just couldn't have done that any better Lyle Taylor 
Hands off, and Rado cuts that pass out and drops to Lapsley. Lapsley oh, looks the for the long raking ball, looking for a Jose. Keeper's coming out. A Jose's gone past him. Can he make it five? Nicky Jose, just a one player to beat, and he buries it in the left hand corner. And Nicky Jose's deserved that goal this evening. And Charlton have five. Uh, I think you're spot on, Terry. Nicky Jose's worked so hard up top. He's, he's shown credentials as to why he might even start on Saturday. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley is Mr. Paul Crisp. Crispy, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Yeah. Good evening. Yeah, you good. good? Yeah, I'm good. It was good to have you here as well. Um, enjoyed listening back to the uh, goals from Tuesday evening's 5-0 FA Cup first round replay win over Mansfield Town here at the Valley. So on tonight's show, we will, of course, discuss that when we're into the second round. We're playing Doncaster Rovers in a couple of weeks. We're going to hear Lee Bowyer's thoughts on that game. We're also going to hear from midfielder George Lapsley and then later on in the show we've got a very special exclusive interview for you I just spoke just before the show uh, on the phone to former Charlton midfielder and of course former Charlton captain Mark Kinsella uh, he's coming over for the uh, 20, 20th anniversary dinner for the playoff final which the Charlton Athletic Community Trust are putting on on December the 9th so I spoke to him of course about that special uh, afternoon back at Wembley back in 1998 and we'll hear from him later in the show and i also let you know how you can get tickets to meet Mark Kinsella and plenty of other members of that 1998 squad uh, at the dinner on the 9th of December. Uh, I'll let you know later on in the show. And then, of course, we have got a game this weekend. We're at home to Bristol Rovers in uh, League One, back to League Duty for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, so we're going to hear from a journalist from down that way, Aidan. And then, of course, from Lee Bowyer as well. It lets us know how the squad is getting on ahead of that clash. But first things first, Chris, we just heard uh, the goals. We're through to the second round of the FA Cup. Happy days. Yeah, only a few steps away from the final again. I oh, know, Wembley, 1947 and yeah, all that. I can no. feel it coming back again. I mean, um, 5-0 probably doesn't tell the full scoreline on Tuesday. As Lee Bowyer asked himself, was it a 5-0 game, uh, game? No. no. <laughs> um, but no, I, I went down to it. Um, I thought it was going to be stupidly at one point. I wasn't sure but because of the weather. But, um, it was about 18, Yeah, it weren't nice, was it? 1,800 uh, went went down, um, including a few hearty souls from, from Mansfield who wouldn't stop singing. But look, yeah, it was um, it was a funny old game because you know, we, we got out the blocks and got the goal. And you think... Happy days that could kill it, and then Mansfield proceeded to make a number of chances and probably should have been level at half time. Carried it on to the second half, and then fortunately we got that second, and uh, the referee helped near the end. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't until that last <laughs> ten minutes really no. where where we started to feel safe. We scored three times uh, in the final ten minutes. Uh, someone else who scored three times all on his own. Lyle Taylor. I mean, what a performance from Lyle. I mean, obviously because unfortunately he's suspended on uh, on Saturday, there was no real risk in giving him a run out, keeps him fit and ready for next Tuesday against Burton. Uh, and he just rips him apart on his own. I mean, that 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 third goal, that hat-trick goal as well. What a goal. One Klaus Jensen-esque. It was Klaus Jensen-esque. I mean, you can't put it into words how good a goal that was. When he when he did it, he kind of went, is he? Is he? And then it just <laughs> kind of went into slow motion and looped over the keeper. It's absolute class, and it summed up the... The, the the performance from the guy I mean it's a first round replay you know it's not a game that you really should be putting everything into if I'm, if I'm quite honest if you've got you know league games coming up but the beauty of him not playing on Saturday meant that he could be the Lyle Taylor we all know um, you know it wasn't even just a goal for, for me I mean he took the two, the two other chances his running was insane I mean he got a yellow card for a pretty bad challenge I thought <laughs> yeah. but that's just testament to the guy but it was just an absolute class finish and um, you know he really is a you know a fan's favourite now he's the best striker we've had yeah. down here in, in years yeah I mean th- those of us who, who came down were treated to actually a pretty 
pretty strong lineup. Um, obviously, obviously the likes of Taylor playing. Got to see another run out for Clark as well. Another good start. Fosu playing, possibly not at his best yet, but more minutes in him. And now another one who I thought stood out. Nikia Jose obviously got his goal towards the end. Yep. But a couple of assists throughout the game, and he's running. And again, Boyle was really pleased with him. And now with Taylor out, with with Igor out, I mean that's going to be interesting to see whether he sort of staked a claim for Saturday. Well, he has to start Saturday for me because you want to play the two up top. And and he yeah deserves to after the way he played on Tuesday. I think Bowie has said that's the best game he's played um, since Lee's been in charge and I, I would agree with that you know his running was good off the ball and then with it you know set up the two goals for uh, for Lyle the first and the second and then yeah thoroughly deserved his, his, his goal you know he was a bit lucky but he got it at the end of the day and, and tucked it away um, so yeah you know the fact that Igor's now you know out for a, you know, three or four months you know, if, if there is an injury or a suspension, as there is on Saturday for Lyle, then then Nicky is the next the next option because as much as I like Rico, he's still a, a young guy, so he has to take these chances now, and and he did on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, what 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 do we need to see more from him? Because obviously, he's, he's been a bit of a damp squid, unfortunately, during his time here. So, you know what? It's really it's just such a frustrating player because you know there's goals in the guy because he's done it, at, you know, at other clubs. I think you know all you ever ask as a Charlton fan is someone to work their butt off and give a hundred percent. And at times he's done it and he's played well. And then there's been a lot of games where he really hasn't. He doesn't look like he wants to be here. And I think that's where it gets really, really, uh, really frustrating. And I'm, I guess for Bowie, he's probably pulling whatever hair he's got left out um, because <laughs> he's still got some. Yeah, he's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of the old Donald Trump going over, comb <laughs> over. But he's. Um, you know, he showed on Tuesday what he can do, and I think he did that when Bowie took over um, at the end of last season. He came in and started playing. He scored a goal against Pompey, got it going with McGinnis up top as well. So he can do it. He just it doesn't seem to want to do it a lot. Mm. Uh, but if we can get him playing like that for the rest of the season, then he's going to be a good squad addition to have. And obviously, as we said, like I didn't feel safe in that game until we got the third. I mean, they'd hit the post. They, they'd had some good, good big chances yeah. at Mansfield. But obviously, the, the third game in really controversial circumstances. I'm delighted for Marshy to get one as well. And we'll talk about him in a sec. But yeah. I mean, just the build up to the goal. We heard it, we heard it in the commentary there. So basically. It's clearly our free kick, but the referee's pointed the other way. But, I mean, he's changed his mind, but not immediately. It's taken him enough time for almost the entire Mansfield team to get into the box for a, for a cross <laughs> coming in. Then all of a sudden he realises, oh, no, I've pointed in the wrong way. Didn't gives it clue. to us and we take it quickly. I mean, if you were a Mansfield fan, you'd be fuming. Oh, you'd be livid. I mean, I, I was livid in the first place because I thought we'd given it to Mansfield. It, it was an obvious free kick to us in the first place. No one really knew what was going on. And then, yeah, you've got what, six or seven in the box for Mansfield because they're 2-0 down with 10 minutes to go. And then not only to proceed to let us have the free kick, which was the right decision in the first place, but to let us take it when they've got seven men <laughs> yeah. in our box was a little bit ridiculous as well. But, you know, we took advantage of it. And actually, as you say, Marshy getting a goal, delighted for him. Because I think since he's come back over the last few weeks, um, I thought in the first game against Mansfield, I thought he was the best player for us. And I thought, you know, he's starting to show a little bit of what, once again, he he did before he joined us. Yeah, because um, he was he was given a little bit of a cold shoulder, really, wasn't he, by Bayer? And and he's had to work his way back in. Yeah. And we've seen a couple of checker trade performances where he's looked quite lively. Of course, he's been asked to play out of position at times at right back. I think he played there in the uh, in 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 uh, the checker trade against yeah. Swansea, possibly. He's, and it's not just that. I think the, the the problem probably is is the the system we're playing in the league doesn't fit him either because it's a four four two, but it's the diamond and the four. Mm. And Marshall's an out and out winger. 
that's how I, I believe he's meant to be. Um, so it doesn't really fit from that side. But I think he came off the last 20 against Doncaster and he did a really good job. But not only that, he actually offered some width and he got a couple of good boxes uh, crosses into the yeah. box. My dad always has a bit of a laugh when we're at our games at the moment because you know, Mr. Robinson said when he signed him, he's the best crosser in the league. <laughs> and we hadn't seen him put one decent cross in. But he's done a few in that in that game. I think he did a few in the first, the first game against Manfield. So it's starting to see a bit of of what you know he was on about when he signed him um and am i going to need him because the squad the squad is thin a little bit and, and you need decimated. To have, yeah it is and, and you need to have someone like that who can come on and do something i thought we did okay what about the likes of toby stevenson so he put in the the assist for for marshall's goal now obviously we know he's a youngster but he's going to be involved on on saturday he's going to be on the bench which lee bayer yeah. uh, revealed today and we'll hear more from his press day later on during the show i mean now we're pagey out with a lack of left back cover i mean he's not done himself any harm in in the first in the proper first team appearances he's made which if you say the two fa cup games are proper first team obviously he's had checker trade as well yeah I mean he's given Bo something to think about he's playing against you know and it's a league two team that are doing well so he's played against decent level players in those two games I thought he did a good job again on Tuesday I think there was one moment in the first half where he got completely skinned and then that led to them setting up the the chance to hit the post but bar that I thought we had a really solid game um not just at the back, I think he actually offers a bit going forward. And, and the problem we've got with, with Pagey being out and the fact that he doesn't seem to think that Jamie Maskell's ready is that Solly on the left is fine, he does a good job, but it doesn't offer you that kind of natural width or that natural cross in. Yeah. You want to have a left footer like a Pagey you can get in and cross it or make chances. And I thought Stevenson offered that as well. Um, so for me, yeah, he deserves to be in the squad on Saturday. Yes, it's a you know indication of where we are as a bit of a thin squad, but... You know, who'd have thought when you signed him? We didn't even know he was until he was on that team sheet against Stevenage, and and now he's going to be in the eighteen again on 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 Saturday and fully deserved. Um, what what do we say then about Tariq Fosu's performance? I had a quick chat about it. I mean. It's been a bit of a recurring theme so far this season. I say other than the Walsall game, where probably most people didn't see it because it was away on a Tuesday night yeah. in the Midlands, he hasn't he hasn't hit the heights that we know he can, and and, and he's been frustrating at times. I mean, uh, Jacko said after the Checker Trade game against Swansea that he know, he needs to keep getting these minutes to sort of play his way back into form and. Is it starting to turn? I mean, there wasn't too much of an indication on on Tuesday. No, I mean it was it was slightly better. I mean, I I was lucky enough to watch the Warsaw game on a on a stream online, so I, I thought he played well in that game. But but bar that, he's been yeah, you're absolutely right, extremely frustrating. Um, we know there's a good player in there because we saw it last season. I still think you know, as Jack I said, yeah, you get the minutes in, but I still think he's he's really coming coming back from the fact that he's had what two he had two or three injuries all in kind of one row, didn't he? At the end, back end of last season, we kept bringing him back when we really shouldn't have, but the situation dictated we needed to. Um, and then he got the injury in pre-season, I think, as well, which set him back. So I'm hoping it's a case of he's still nowhere near you know fully, probably not fully fit but at that point where he could be the, the fossil that we know from the f- front end of last season mm. that kind of October November December spell where he scored I think seven or eight in pretty quick succession yeah I mean we can see how hard it can be for a player who hasn't had like a proper pre-season um, so through to the next round Donny at home they beat uh, they beat Chorley 7-0 so they uh, they outdid us yeah, unfortunately yeah. on the one, night yeah one up to us but they, yeah. you know, sorry two up to us didn't yeah. they but um, no look you know it's probably a good game to have because it, you know, you're playing someone at your your level, um, so it keeps the kind of you know decent teams and the League One teams going, even though it is a cup fixture. Um, we've got a de- decent record at home against them down here, um, bar the the waterlog game. <laughs> I didn't that. count. That's didn't count. There you go. It's not the record books. Um, so yeah, it'd be a good test. I mean, you probably play your first ranked team as, as much as you can for that. Um, I'm in Edinburgh that weekend, so I, yeah. I thought we'd be out by that point. So I, I thought I'd go away that weekend. But yeah, you know, if we can get through that. 
um, then then hopefully it can give us a, yeah. a big boy in the third round. I mean, how, how important is that that run? How important is I mean, because getting to the third round playing Man United away would be lovely, but I mean, will, will <sighs> Bowyer be thinking about that? Would he just be worrying about getting his squad through to the next game? He, and- do you know what? And I'm being a little bit. I don't know. We've got Sunderland on the, on the third round weekend. We're meant to have Sunderland at home. Yeah. And in, I, if I was honest about it, if it meant that we got knocked out and Sunderland got knocked out to play that league game against them, then where I think you know it'd be a real good atmosphere down there and go for them, then I'd be up for that. But yeah, you know, if you've got the opportunity to go and have a, a you know a trip to one of the big boys, you can't say no to it, can you? It's when you get through and you probably get like I don't know. Stevenage if they're still in it or like a lower league championship team or Huddersfield away like we used to get in the FA Cup then that would be kind of rubbish but the Cups are you always want to have a bit of a run I suppose and did take too much from the facts I mean obviously like we say it weren't a 5-0 game and until until the third goal went in it was quite Quite hairy, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, it was. Do do we look at it as well? Well, there's obviously some still some things that need addressing, or do we think well? But at the other at the other side, we did show that character to come through and finish them off in the end. Yeah, I think it, yeah, absolutely show the character to do it. But I think we about well, Paddy's first game back for what two months. He played that sixty minutes, so he looked a little bit off it. You know, Naby, I thought actually he had a good game at the back, but still has his moments. And, and Dick still probably had one of his poorest games, especially the first forty five. As I think Bowie said, he kept having six or seven touches and kept losing it. So we were kind of victims were run down for in, in, in the first half uh, I thought um, but yeah so we came back from that got that second goal and and actually testament to the fact that you, you made a few changes and how many kids did we have on the, the pitch by that last 25 minutes the likes of uh, likes of Sarpong Wiradu I thought played really well that's the first time I've seen him because mm. I, I didn't see the checker trade Albie Morgan coming on I thought Lapsley we're going to hear from in a second played an absolute blinder especially in the second half because I thought he did a really good job in that holding role which he might have to do on Saturday looking at the injury list <laughs> um, so you know there's a lot to be proud of against a, actually a decent Mansfield team and if you had to go for in one of the cups I'd much, much rather it was much the, the FA, FA Cup in the Czech trade yeah. Yeah. Uh, excellent stuff right let's have a listen to what Lee Boyer uh, made of the game I caught up with him uh, after the clash with Mansfield here at the Valley uh, and this is how he he saw it. Um, I, I like to think I'm always honest, um, and yes, we done some good things. There was pros and cons in that that performance. Was it a five-nil game? No. I thought Mansfield done well, played well, opened us up at times. Um, they missed a, a few good chances. Could have been five-four that game. So, um, I just said to the lads, like, yep, yeah, I'll praise you, but trust me, that one a 5 0 game. And uh, so, don't get too ahead of yourselves. There were some positives. Pat got 60 minutes into him, which is very important for us. Billy Clark started his first proper game, I'd say. Um, 70 minutes into him. Uh, so yeah, so some good positives. A lot of young players, you know. Like with how many t- was at the end there? Did we have on? Yeah, I think three out of the back four academy, like the under twenties and twenty ones, whatever they are. Um, so yeah, t- two central midfielders, the kids. Poor Albie, Albie. He, he played ninety minutes yesterday for the twenty threes, but then we got no one else. We have to we had to bring him in and. Four, two up top, obviously outstanding. Um, Nicky, two good assists, and I'm glad he got his goal in the end. 
and uh, obviously Lyle's got his hat trick is um, very good. He's only he just come back from Monster Out 48 hours ago as well, so to put in that performance, it's, it's such a shame he's going to be missing on Saturday now with the suspension in the league. Yeah, big shame. Uh, I just said to him before the game, look, go out there, work hard, and you get you get rewarded, you know. And, I, and I'm a firm believer of, of that. If you if you work hard and you give everything, you get you, things drop for you and. and he didn't stop running until I told him the last ten minutes. Like, stop running around, like you might, because he don't even get injured. Like, he don't need to run around no more. So, um, I'm really pleased for him. Pleased for a lot of them, you know. And the lads work hard, and, and sometimes it's nice to get a result like that. And you mentioned Nicky there. We spoke to Jacko after the, the Checker Trade game last week. He said that he needs to, when, when he gets his first team chances, he needs to take them. So he, he certainly probably put something in your mind for the weekend now with, with, with Lyle Taylor out. Um, yeah, he's he's done what we've asked. He's making runs in behind. He's, he's a threat in behind, and, and he's linking up, and he's fighting, and he's working, and. And again, he got rewarded. He got rewarded at the end for for his his hard work today. It's the most I've seen him run around properly, and the most I've seen him run behind. I've just said that to him. That's the most I've I've seen since I've been at this club. That's the most I've seen you running behind to try and get in behind other teams. And he's good at it. So why don't do it? Do you know what I mean? And um, so I'm, I'm I'm pleased for him. I'm pleased for him and. And Marshy, I'm over the moon with for Marshy, you know. Like, at, at times, I am. Um, I'm firm but fair, I, I believe. And I keep telling Marshy, get across that fullback, get across the fullback. You score, I promise you, score. And today he's done it, and then he scores. So hopefully, he takes that on board and, and does it more. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Back finds Cullen, releases oh, Grant. What a ball. ball that is. Into the penalty box with uh, Taylor on the opposite side. Still Grant, no. Gets cuts on his right. Shot, Grant, go! Oh, come oh, on! What a finish by Carlo Grant. The ball to him was absolutely exquisite by Cullen. It split the Bradford defence in half. 
Carlo Grant on towards the edge of the six-yard box. Taylor on the opposite side of it, but cut back on his right foot and slammed it into the goal. So welcome back, this is Charlton Live, the big match preview coming to you live on your first evening from the Valley. Just heard there from Lee Bowyer after Tuesday's 5-0 first round replay FA Cup win over Mansfield. Um, he, he said it himself, he's honest really, he's not He's not going to come out. It, it, you can imagine if Carl Robinson was a manager when we played like that, <laughs> but one five nil, he'd be coming out talking about Brazil 1970 yeah. being reborn again, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. No, no, Lee is very honest and that's what I like about him. Um you kind of want him. He feels like he has the opinions of of the fans, if that makes sense, mm. because he he sees it as a as, as a fan or a footballer himself. Because as he played the game, yes, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's well documented. Yeah, he yeah, he's played the game a bit, you know. So he's um, yeah, he's honest with, with the performance on Tuesday. I mean, he said all along, you know, it was the worst worst result possible was to to play a replay. I think the positives probably for him coming out of that, bar the fact that we've lost Prattley now, is is that once again you've got minutes into the likes of Billy and and Bauer, um, you know more minutes into players like Fosu. So it it was a good test, um, you know, in, in difficult conditions as, as well because it was uh, it's horrible, it wasn't it? just cold. The, it was yeah, piddling down, yeah, wasn't it? That so. probably that probably helped the fact that the crowd was so low. It was less than two thousand, uh, our lowest ever FA Cup crowd at the Valley that we know of anyway unless there's one apparently in the 20s that we haven't got a crowd for no, I definitely weren't there for that one yeah. <laughs> Sebo was um, <laughs> and uh, Sebo's just tweeted in actually he said I reckon with a few uh, midfield injuries this Saturday I wouldn't be surprised to see George Lapsley uh, get a start on the weekend which brings us in quite nicely actually Sebo because we spoke to George Lapsley uh, after the game on, uh, on on Tuesday here at the Valley uh, you'll be able to hear the full interview on Valley Pass tomorrow or indeed read it on, on the South London Press website but this is part of the interview uh, Lapo came in to speak to us uh, after the Mansfield game and uh, this is what he had to say I think as a squad I don't think we've got to be complacent with that I think if you look at the result I don't think it was a 5-0 game fair play to Mansfield they come and brought a strong team and gave us a good game but like we know individually and collectively, we can play better than we did today. So, obviously happy that we got the win and into the next round of the cup, mainly. Basically, both said just before the game, you go out there and win your individual battles. And in most games, you're going to win, especially with the quality we've got in our team. Like, Lyle putting them through in the back of the net, I think. That's like another, like, that's the difference between us winning today and maybe not away at White Mansfield. Yeah, happy to get an assist. Uh, just saw Nicky running and like he did all games today, just kept running in behind and just... Uh, buzzing for Nicky to get a goal as well, hopefully get another one on Saturday. Just happy for Nicky and happy for myself, obviously, just to be a win and hopefully we can both get a game time on Saturday. My target's really just to be the best I can be and just keep applying myself to every session. I think Lee's unbelievable for me, he just talks to me and tells me exactly like what he wants from me, which is ideal for me because I'm a good listener and I'll listen and I'll just try and do exactly what he tells me to do, so hopefully I can just keep my head down, keep my head, uh, not get my head in the cloud and just try and really get my, na- get my name get my name on a team sheet. A lot more often the knowledge that Lee has and Jacko has is unbelievable and just got to try and keep learning from it. There he is, Lapo speaking to us after the the, the game on, on Tuesday. Uh, we were just saying off that, it was interesting because he sort of played two different roles, didn't he, in, in the yeah. game? Yeah, the, the first 45 he was in kind of in behind the strikers and, and Clarkey played in the kind of DM role, which did not suit him at all. Um, I mean, he's got to get his fitness back, but, you know, he, he gave the ball away a few times and then... 
George came into the the DM role in the second half, and I thought he did a really good job because he covers every blade of grass, mm. and he actually can pass the ball as well. So you know, Sebo saying about him starting, I've got my team down here from what we've got, and I would start him in the def- defensive midfield yeah. role on on Saturday. I mean, because uh, he's a he's a box to boxer really, so he, he could if he wanted to play behind a striker, and I'm sure yeah. in, in that more forward uh, midfield role. Um, but and that's good. that is going to be the interesting one. So if he does play DM, will will we have the range of passing that? Josh Cullen has. I mean, could be, could see. Maybe, but then for, yeah. for me, if I look at my lineup, I've got Arebo and Reeves in the middle, so you've still got the passing from those yeah. two anyway. So you don't. Cullen brings us a lot from from that kind of role of you know making the challenge and then and then giving it back to uh, to another Charlton player, and it could be that sets up another chance or it could just be an easy pass. But if you say to Lapsley, run your butt off for ninety minutes, mm. you know, get every challenge in, which he will do. He throws himself into anything. Um, you know, and be able to whenever every time you get the ball, make sure it goes to a, a red shirt. Then I think he'll do it. Um, it's a far cry from what we thought when we saw him mm. in his twenty-minute cameo last season against Blackpool. Yeah, but, where you he know, looked he looked nervous. So yeah, that's he what did. I was going to say. He's I mean, grown. Yeah, every every time we've seen him so far this season, he's taught us something a bit more about it. And and as you say, he's grown into the into the role. And that's why I was, when I ask, is he going to have the range of passing? I'm not saying he's not. Yeah, yeah, we, saw yeah. That, we saw that pass he, he played as you say on on, on Tuesday for for yeah, Jose's, goal. Jose's he, goal. Yeah, he, he, he can play passes like that as well. So I mean. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets a start. He's certainly, you know, I, I think he'd be in with a shout, certainly. Yeah, he's got, I think we're quite fortunate, and I might be saying the wrong thing here, but, you know, if you had said you've got a few injuries and your star strikers out suspended, you'd like to play a, a team in the bottom four at home. And that actually might work for George to give him 90 minutes in that in that holding role and let him get to grips with it a little bit more um, because he might have to do it a few more times before, uh, before the end of the season. Mm, excellent. Uh, stuff. I mean, with, with obviously Cullen missing out, there's going to be questions about whether Billick's going to fill that role, but then Billick will have to come out of the defence. So it's going to be all over the place, which yeah. will give him more chances. For, for me, you, you can't change that back four um, for Saturday because they've played the last two games and even with Solly at left back, but all four look comfortable. Billick looks just superb as a centre-half because he's, you know, his time on the ball and also his um you know every time the ball goes into the air it feels like he's up in the air well well before the ball's coming over but he wins that header easy peasy and knows exactly what he's doing so you know for me you can't change that and and actually i think the last time he played in the dm role against oh was it Rochdale he was dreadful for that 45 yeah minutes he struggled didn't he and he yeah. struggled in that so why change the back four i mean the midfielders had a few injuries we've got to deal with that but as long as that that kind of clean sheet can stay in place then you still got a chance of winning the game Excellent. Right, so good to hear from uh, George Lapsley there. Uh, he's really stepped up to the plate this season. Um, it's just, I, was just, I remember at the start of the season, I was thinking we were so low in numbers, but then we didn't have in your mind the likes of Morgan and you know Abby Morgan and George Lapsley. I, that was two fewer players than I thought we had, but they've both stepped up. Obviously, Albie hasn't had as many chances recently, but George really has and, and become a, an important member uh, of the squad. Right, an important member of the 1998 squad. Mark Kinsella, I was absolutely honoured uh, to get to have a chat with him, the former Charlton captain, of course. Um, earlier on the, this evening on the phone, um, the Charlton Athletic Community Trust back, uh, 20th anniversary uh, of the playoff final dinner is coming up on December the 9th and Mark Kinsella is coming over to it along with a host of other legends uh, from that era and we'll talk to you uh, more about that after the interview to let you know how you can buy a ticket so you can meet all those uh, people and celebrate that wonderful occasion at Wembley Stadium just over 20 uh, years ago but of course I spoke to, to Kins on the phone uh, just before the show um, he was the captain as I said on the day uh, it was an interesting time for Charlton they made a real late push to the playoffs they'd uh, not conceded a goal in eight games as well so 
I asked Mark uh, to start off with um, if he felt confident because Sunderland were a big club at that time. If he felt confident uh, going into that game, yeah, we we sort of did in in our own little bubble. Um, you know, I think we were the outsiders in the league. I think nobody took any interest in us really till probably three months ago when we started to sneak into the playoff positions from fifth to fourth, and then gradually up. Uh, Sunderland, we have played twice and drawn twice in the league. Um, so we had a we had a confidence in ourselves that on the day we could we could we could beat Sunderland as, as themselves. You know they were obviously the bigger club of the two of the favourites going into it. Um, so we went there with our own expectations. Nothing nothing we did was ever mentioned in the papers about oh, we'll return Sunderland or what we've done ever so well against. There were two tough games in the league, uh, home and away, and um, very tight. So it was always going to be. Uh, a tight game going into it, but obviously it ended up with four uh, four after after extra time, so it didn't work out that way. But we knew it would be um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. Yeah, because I guess with that that run of clean sheets that we had, there was like eight games without conceding beforehand. I mean, was there a feeling that if Charlton had got their noses in front, which obviously we did in the first half, that that yeah. we would go on to to keep it tight? Um. It was it was one of them. I think Sasha came to us halfway through the season, first and then obviously signed and trained with us, and then he played played the last couple. Of, I think it was the thirteen games. I think Sasha played um, to the end of the season, and we hadn't conceded a goal. And you know, but that's the, you know that was down to uh, obviously the back four were, were tremendous at the time, but it was down to the whole team uh, to keep that going. And we always felt that we'd score goals with Clive uh, with Clive in the in the, in the team, but um, we also knew if we we could keep a clean sheet if we went one nil up, but you know we were going in at half time. Um, it was it was come out at half time, keep it tight for five, ten, fifteen minutes, and then you know within that time we were one all or two one down by then, yeah. and it sort of turned itself upside down on us. But um, we also knew we had the confidence mm. to keep plugging away and and and, and keep keep uh, keep going, and we'll get our rewards. Because obviously for us supporters, I mean, it's one of the most stressful sort of occasions of my life, I think, watching that game. But I mean, when when you're in the middle of it, when you're playing, I mean, do you feel like, oh, this is going to go down as one of the greatest games? Or is it that sort of all just happening around you where you just try and concentrate on what you're doing? I think that just happens over the years as you go on and after every playoff that's been played. But during the game itself, it's, it's, um, it's here we go again. Do you know what I mean? We've got to pull another one back. We've got to pull another one back. And you're just thinking... Maybe when we got the fourth to equalise a four roll, um, I think both teams had enough by then, and we just sort of seem seem to see how the team. I mean, the only thing I can really remember with the games is the goals. You know, I've, I've watched the back maybe once a year after, I had a little look at it, but um, the, the most you can remember is Clive's hat-trick, mm. um, and obviously Richard's Richard's goal just before full time to make it go into to make it go into extra time was was. At the time, it was just exciting stuff. Yeah, and and your job as well as captain when you were going through this sort of roller coaster of emotions. I mean, did you have to do a lot of talking on the pitch to try and keep the the team focused and 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 uh, keep them going when we had all these setbacks? No, not really, because you look at the team we had. We had Matt Bright, we had Mark Bowen, we had um, you know played with Keith all season, um, and you know the captain. At, at, as I said before, at that time, you know, captain goes and tosses a coin and picks him in the end and. You know, you, you, you lead by example. I wasn't really um, a shelter or, or, or a somewhere there. I just sort of tried to get my own game in order. Um, and once I had that, you can start talking to other people. But the team leading up to the playoffs and the finish the season we had, 
there was the old saying there's 11 captains we had we had voices in the team you know when it went when it was going pear shape everybody had a voice you know even when it was going well everybody had a voice um it was just one of them emotional moments i think you know you're just thinking you're back to four all when we go again you're two one down you think it's all over you're three two down you think it's all over you're four three down it's it just it, it goes through so many different things during the, during the 90 minutes um we could win it or we could lose it uh, but like I said, we had a, had a lot of, I say, a lot of, lot of voices on the pitch when when we needed to pick me up. Hmm. And when it came to the penalty shootout, I mean, what what gets said in the huddle before that? Because obviously, for for a club like Charlton, the chances to get into the Premier League are so sparse that to, to, what was being said when when you know you're just potentially a few spot kicks away. That's all. Yeah, um, I I took. Six or seven before then, and uh, missed all six or seven. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't confident in myself. I wasn't able to take the five. It was five penalty. I say better penalty takers. There's five other people that can take penalties that took penalties before that would be more confident. But you know, Cooks came up to me and just says, "You're taking one." Um, and that was the that was the end of it. Um, you sort of start your mind starts changing. Then you don't want to be the one to miss. You don't want to be the one to let your teammates down. You. It's the fans down because, you know, there's full house there. Both teams had split down the middle and it's just a lot of, there was a lot of tension leading up to them. I mean, I, that, you know, that's a long walk up to the penalty spot. Uh, in my mind, it was going through a different smash it, place it, go left or right. I was, everything was going through in my mind. And, uh, after you, you, you take it and you're looking and it's gone in the relief afterwards for that split second. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Um, but we, we sent Clive up there for us and, the form he was in, you're thinking if he scores, we have uh, we have a chance. And I think um, to them all, everyone that even to themselves, uh, to Sunderland, you know, all, all the penalties were actually taken. Bar the last one, Michael Gray. I think when he looks back on, I think maybe he just the nerves got to him. Maybe mm-hmm. the, the panic. It just you know, it's not. It's great for us um, for that split second, but then you, you sort of come back down there and back down to earth a little bit. And you start to sort of speak, because I know Niall Quinn was there, who had been playing in the national. We had a great rivalry over the two games in the league. So we sort of got to know each other as a club and, and, and as two sets of teams. So, you know, you feel, you feel for them, because, you know, Wembley's no place for, it's no place for losers. Mm. You know, you, you've never enjoyed losing, um, and especially at Wembley. So for us, you know, that split second only took it. And when, when I think I was standing with Keith Jones in the halfway line and, uh, it took us five, five to ten seconds to sink in before we realised we actually won the game. Uh, it was that um, emotional draining. Hmm. And I've always wondered what's what's happened after the game for the players because obviously we see the the big bundle and, and the photographs and lift, and yourself yeah. lifting the trophy. But when it gets to that evening, because I remember personally when I was, I was only a kid then, but I, mean, I just remember slumping in a chair and being absolutely knackered. So as a player, having been through all that on the pitch, I mean, yeah. what were your feelings like that evening? Well, we went. Um, we obviously had. Afterwards, and the dinner and the speeches and the little uh, get together with family, and, and then obviously the, the supporters. And all. I think by half 11, 12 o'clock, I think a lot of the, I think I went to bed early. Um, <laughs> you were mentally drained. I think it did, it did take its toll. Um, not only just the game, but the whole build up for um, the weeks late, the, the week leading up to it, the training, the organisation, organisation. We had to put, you know, this, everything to do with a football football match, and then the day itself. Uh, from the minute you wake up, you just the adrenaline's kicking in. So I just think it was that calm down you have in the evening. Um, I don't, I, there might be a few that might step up a little bit later than others, but the, it was um, it wasn't a long night now. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, we, we ended up getting relegated the next season, but that that playoff victory was certainly 
the thing that the club built on for that success we had over the next uh, the next few years and obviously under the, the guidance of Alan Kerbisham. It's such a special time uh, to, to, to be a Charlton supporter and for yourself it, it must have felt like such a good time to be playing at the club and obviously at the, the pinnacle of your career as well. Absolutely, um, you know, signed the '96, '97. You know, just after about no September, I think about September, I signed the '96. Um, the minute you stepped down, I mean, those poor cabins, the ground was was nowhere near what it was now. Uh, everything's in the car park, um, but you get to know the history of it. So it's not drilled into you, but you, you, you want to know about Channel, you want to know where it's come from, and, and what, you know, the goal, the first goal back at the valley, and you get the, you get. You get bought into it, and then you realise that the supporters that, that support you week in, we get all, all you ever want to see, given a hundred percent. And for that, I think it was when I signed um, the chairman. Ethan Morley was saying to me, "We have an ambition of getting into the Premier League with five to seven years." Um, and within two years, all of a sudden, that dream was was uh, achieved. Mm. Um, but I think getting relegated, everybody had, had rolled us down to, to be the favourites. But what gave us the bills for the for the promotion was that we finished right to the back last end of the season. We went into the the last game, last game I think it was Sheffield Wednesday, um, with a slim chance. You know, we had Villa the week before with a big thriller four three, with the Danny Mills winner in the ninety second minute kept us going. Where the other two teams had been relegated within weeks before the finish, and we sort of kickstarted the the promotion year then, and we sort of no not more or less ran away with our thing. Got ourselves to 15, 16 points clear. Lost a few. We couldn't really get over the line. I think we won out by drawing away at Blackburn and Manchester lose and they drawing down at Portsmouth. And um, we got promoted up there. So that was an even bigger achievement. Um, so then three years, um, and then obviously the fourth year surviving, um, once we got back up again, sort of kick-started Charlton then for the next couple of years under course to establish ourselves as um a regular Premier League team, which is not which is not easy because, as the club has found out recently, <clears throat> once they, you take a foot off the gas and all of a sudden you're relegated and then you're relegated again and then you find yourself, as we are at the moment in League One, um, trying to get out of that, you, trying to get out of that league. So, them three or four years with the same group of lads um, was. Uh, was like you said, the highlight of my 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 football career. Yeah. Mm. And now, obviously, you'll be coming back for the, the the dinner, which we'll talk about shortly. But obviously, back in Ireland now, so do you still keep a, a close eye on how Charlton are getting on? I do. Yeah. Um, I obviously, was involved with the twenty one, so you have young Josh Cullen there on loan from. Uh, from West Ham, um, so I had a few chats with Josh while he was up, while we were meeting up in camp, and I still look for the results. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's I say it's not nice. It is what it is, and it'd be great to see them put a run together, and and if uh, they can sort of get them promoted, and you never know, teams have done it before, double promotions, and you're in the Premier League. But Touchwood now they can um, they can achieve that. You know, it's a tough league. There's a lot of decent sides in it. Um, some are tough. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a tough one for them, but a bit of luck now. We might be able to uh, get ourselves out of the league this year. Mm, excellent, and of course, as I said, you're coming back for the the dinner to celebrate 20 years since the playoff final. It's in aid of the uh, community trust, and I think ever since you were here in the last 25 years, uh, the community trust has been so important to the club and the work they do within the local uh, area as well. So it'd be a great. Um, a great sort of thing for the the fans to get behind, and they can come and meet the players, and obviously help to raise money for a very worthy cause. Absolutely, um, you know, we, at the time when when the, we had the success, the community was a 
the fans were a big part of the club. You know, they pushed it on. It was it was somewhere there club, and the club then tried to give back by going into the community and and, and doing what they what they have done for the last twenty years. So it, it should be a good evening. I'm looking forward to some of the lads I haven't seen there now for fifteen twenty years, and um, it'd be great to get a catch up and and supporters as well. I'm sure there'll be supporters there that um, that have been at the club donkey's years and, and, and you know you'll start to see faces that we recognise so I'm hoping that um, we get a good a good turnout for, for the evening it'll be, it, it, it was a great it was a great moment um, it's still being played every year in the playoffs I think it's a game that probably won't be uh, repeated um, and uh, looking forward to the evening so absolutely brilliant to hear from an absolute Charlton legend there, uh, Mark Kinsella. Uh, everyone has fond memories of him, don't they? I do, I do. Yeah. When I was nine years old, I was mascot in the Premier League <laughs> and he held my hand and walked me out and yeah. an absolute legend. So yeah. no, a great, great such, guy. And such a great player as well for us. Um, uh, in, in my formative years watching the club and obviously part of our most uh, successful uh, spell of, of recent times. And don't forget... Um, you can meet him. You can meet him along with many other members uh, of the the '98 squad at the, uh, the the dinner coming up on the 9th of December. Um, Charlton Athletic Community Trust are putting it on, and obviously it, all the money raised will help go towards uh, the the excellent work they do. So last year, uh, the work of the Charlton Athletic Community Trust engaged with 34,775 participants across South East London and Kent. Uh, they deliver 61 different programs from blood pressure roadshows in Greenwich uh, to one to one mentoring with young people on uh, uh, the the idea of crime in, in East Kent as well. So all, pre, all proceeds raised by the dinner will go uh, uh, to uh, help uh, the Trust continue to make a difference in the community as well as uh, Kins, who we just heard from there. Other attendees already confirmed that you'll get to meet at the dinner. Uh, if you go, will be uh, the likes of uh, Alan Kerbishley, the manager, Keith Peacock, absolute Charlton legend, Sasa Illich, Eddie Yowd, Steve Jones, Mark Bright, Phil Chappell and Paul Mortimer, all players involved, of course, uh, around that time. And so if you want to book you can visit uh, cact.org.uk forward slash dinner or you can email fundraising at cact.org.uk and don't forget so the last year they had a similar dinner for the 25 years back of the valley if you think about the the the, the, the money that was from that specific dinner uh, the the money for for that that was uh, had projects funded uh, by it um, included mental health services within the local community uh, plenty of work with local youths as well an important uh, local health issues such as the holiday hunger program all of that money that will be made at the dinner will go to a very good uh, use so uh, if you can get a ticket make sure uh, we'll, we'll tweet out the links as well if you want to buy your ticket for that don't forget December the 9th and like I say you can meet Kins all those legends from that era you'll get to meet them have your photo with them and whatnot. right on Sunday uh, the women's team are playing a massive home game against Crystal Palace it's a big game the Charlton women team are trying to get as many people down they're making a real push uh, to try and get a big crowd in for this local derby uh, last time uh, Charlton uh, actually played Palace we uh, was a 4-0 win if I remember rightly towards the end of last season and we won the league so uh, we, we smashed them last time hopefully we'll smash them again uh, on Sunday there's plenty going on before the game there's going to be a family zone uh, for free uh, including face painting uh, for the kids which they don't normally do but it's a special occasion so they're doing it the Charlton Upbeats absolute legends of course are going to be down there as well <laughs> playing at 12.45 so if you're going to go to the women's game get down there early see the Upbeats uh, playing and also I've been told that Lyle Taylor's going to be there so obviously uh, you'll get to meet him as well um, get your photo with him get an autograph sign whatever you want to do with Lyle Taylor so massive game down at the Oakwood in Crayford on uh, Sunday against Crystal Palace will be a 2pm kickoff. Uh, you can buy your tickets online if you look at the Charlton Athletic women's team website or uh, you can buy them on the door as well uh, Crispy? 
I was just fine when you said do whatever you want to do with Lyle Taylor. So I guess uh, it's probably quite a few within, people. Within I, reason. Yeah, within reason. Yeah. You've got to be careful with that. Asking, You're offering a free. Yeah. You know. Asking if he can give yeah. you a delicate chip. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Right, um, let's uh, turn our attention to Saturday as a home game here uh, at the Valley uh, with Bristol Rovers. A chance to get back into the swing of things uh, in the league. Uh, we're actually not doing too badly in the league as well. I think we lo- we've won our last couple, haven't we? Right, so, aren't we? Yeah. When was it? Warsaw was the last game? Yeah, Warsaw was the last league game. Two and a half two and a- weeks ago. Yeah, it feels like absolutely ages ago. Now, Bristol Rovers themselves aren't doing as well um, no. uh, lost last night in the FA Cup uh, to non-league Barnet at home they lost by two goals to one uh, they're sat in the relegation zone uh, as well not looking too good for them so far so uh, yesterday before they played Barnet so you, you'll hear that he actually mentions if we if they win against Barnet this will happen but obviously it didn't uh, but before they did I spoke to uh, Aidan McCartney from the Bristol Post uh, and he was telling me how Rovers have been getting on this season no, it's been pretty poor, to be honest. Um, there have been a lack of goals, really, has been the major issue uh, throughout the side. Uh, what they've had all season is a, a pretty solid defence. They've uh, not conceded as many goals as some of the rivals down at the bottom. Uh, but, but throughout the season, they've just not been able to find the net, really. Um, they've only scored 15 goals or something. It's pretty embarrassing across the season. I, I think quite a lot of them came in a couple of games as well. So, yeah, it's just been a... It's been a really tough season uh, in attack, um, and Dowell Clark doesn't seem to know his best side yet as well, which obviously doesn't help. Uh, especially, especially up front, he's got a lot of options, but none of them look like scoring. So. Yeah, I mean, why, why do you think they've had such a tough start to the season? Was was there much of an overhaul in the summer? They lost a few key players. Um, Lee Brown, long-serving uh, defender, departed to Portsmouth, who are now top of the league. Obviously, he's doing quite well there. And they lost Ellis Harrison as well. He went to Ipswich. He was their frontman last season, scored quite a few goals. And they didn't really replace him. They signed Stephen Plain from Shrewsbury and um, Gavin Riley from Scotland. And there's a few of us, and they've got like a few loanies um, who haven't really hit the ground yet. Um, Darrell Clark came out the other day and said they were very poor up front so I think you know that, that's where the issues lie um, and there's been no evidence the last few games really that it's going to change obviously the goal against Scunthorpe and the 2-1 defeat came from Chris Lyons no Chris Lyons sorry it's Liam Serkham Chris Lyons missed a penalty uh, Liam Serkham is a midfielder and you know but it just seems like they've got you know a massive gap up front which you know, is pretty worrying really mm. yeah has it, has it come as, as a bit of a shock how, how, how poorly they've started this year considering yeah I think so. Last season they finished just above mid, well, mid-table, mid-table, um, and you know they were kind of hoping, hoping to kick on this season. Um, you, you, when you sell your best player every year, as Dal Clark says, every six months you sell a best player uh, due to financial issues and stuff. So they've always restricted themselves to being you know a playoff side. Um, but they they, got, they weren't too bad last season, especially got on, they got on little runs. Um, this season just doesn't feel like they're going to get on any runs this season. Mm. Um, they had a nice win away at Blackpool who were a decent side, and they beat them 3-0 away, which is a good win. Uh, but they haven't really picked up from them. They, ha- they don't seem to have momentum. Um, and they just seem to you know, win one. They've got Barnet tonight in the Cup. And if they win that, then... Obviously, this is just what we record. After. So they, they, let's say they win that, then that, they could look to use that momentum at the weekend. But you just don't think they will. Yeah. Um, he'll probably change the team again. And yeah, there's, there's little positives to take at the moment, really. Yeah. I mean, is it still very much a rebuilding? Because obviously, three or four years ago, they're down in the conference. They had that season outside the football league, and they've they had consecutive promotions since then. So does the club still feel like it's sort of on the way up now? Is it sort of stalling? 
he's definitely stalling. Um, they had a very, you know, obviously they had a couple of years, and the first year in, in League One was great as well. They, they challenged, and then they sold Bowden, and you know they didn't they managed to uh, attack from there. They got rid of Bowden, went to Preston uh, in January, and yeah, they just didn't didn't recover. But I think every year they've kind of done it themselves, restricted how far they could go. Like there's been a few seasons where you think, oh, they're going to do a decent position here, but then they go and sell the best player, and so that's the you know the restrictions are in. Uh, in League One, really, it's always going to be the case. Um, I think the club has stalled. The owners, um, it's a complicated situation with the owners, um, who were Jordanian. Um, and, you yeah, know, they haven't really put as much money in as everyone would have thought, but obviously the, the manager has been backed and they signed lots of players in the summer. And it hasn't worked out. It, it does happen in League One. Um, but I think now they've got to reassess and get get up the league a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Get games like Charlton, you, you don't really see them getting anything, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just looking ahead, obviously, to the game, who are the Charl- who are the the players that the Charlton fans should be looking out for on Saturday as the danger man? Um, but the best player in the Rovers side is the goalkeeper, uh, which is helpful, uh, which is Jack Bonham. He's on loan from Brentford, near near rivals. Uh, he is a very good goalkeeper. Was on loan at South Carlisle last season. He's been excellent. He's a really good shot stopper, um, and he just you know will will keep about four shots out on Saturday before you score two. So yeah, now watch out for him. He's a good good, good player. And they've got Liam Serk in the middle as well, who's a very decent um, central midfielder. He lots of plays on the right. He's decent as well. And Tom Lockie has just made his international debut for Wales. Um, so he should be back in. He should be back in contention. He, he's a very talented uh, young defender who, on his day. We'll play in the championship um, this season. Mm, been okay, but I think there's this, it's very much like that across the side a little bit. They've got lots of talent, but they just haven't really shown it yet. Well, I'm sure they'll show it on Saturday, just in time for for playing us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's been a difficult start to the season for, for Bristol Rovers. Obviously, last night yeah. losing at home to to Barnet doesn't help. No, it doesn't help at all. I was doing my research ahead of uh, ahead of tonight, and I'm you know looking on Google, and I just see the local local news article. It says that a Bristol Rovers player, Stephen Payne, has had to come out and say that he didn't tell a fan to F off at the game yesterday <laughs> after us. So things are going well. Point point, yeah. Out, yeah, point inside the relegation yeah. zone from Oxford, so not looking good for it at the moment. Yeah, no smoke without effing fire in, that, in, <laughs> in some cases, though. I'm sure, uh, sure Roger Johnson will tell you that. Uh, right, Sebo, just on the on the Kins interview, said, uh, as, as uh, Kinsella alluded to, it's uh, about it taking five or ten seconds to sink in that we've won the game at Wembley. That was certainly uh, the case with him. Uh, and Cliff says, what a legend uh, this man is, and one of the best players ever to pull on a Charlton shirt about Mark Kinsella and you've got uh, no argument from me there and don't forget so you can get your tickets and come down and meet him uh, it's great to hear that he, he still watches our Charlton Gillen as well which is good to hear right let's have a look ahead to Saturday from a more Charlton point of view um, uh, Bayer's going to update us on the, on the injury situation in the meantime but don't forget he has to go into this game uh, without Lyle Taylor yeah but that's football um most people get suspended in their careers. I think it just shows that Lowell works hard out of possession as well. I think he got booked again on um, Tuesday night, but it's hard work. You know, he's closing down people. He's trying to win the ball back for our team. Um, so yeah, he's, he's suspended. He's going to be a big miss, obviously. He's our top scorer. Um, but again, like I've said, he opens up a door for somebody else to come in and and state a claim and, and, and play a part for the team because the, the most important thing is, is the team. Darren Prattley picks up a knock on Tuesday night. Has he got a chance for Saturday? He's got a chance. No chance. <laughs> he's, he's at, he's, um, he's, he's in a brace. He's going for a scan today. Um, so yeah, he's just opened up his knee a bit. So hopefully it's not too bad, but just sitting here guessing minimum 
Well, it's, it's weeks. It's, it's not days, it's weeks. On the plus side, Patrick Bauer back. You must be pleased to see him back on the sun, on the field. Yeah, um, it was good to get an hour into him on um, on Tuesday. He's come through that unscathed. So we're training today. It'd be quite tough today. Um, hopefully he gets through that okay. And then tomorrow we'll, we'll ease off him a little bit. And... Um, and we'll see how he feels tomorrow, really. So, but the most important thing, he came through the sixty minutes and and, and came through unscathed. So um, that, that's a big plus for him because, like I said, we've got a lot of games coming up, and, and we're gonna we're gonna need him. Billy Clark, slow but sure on the road to recovery. Yeah, Billy's completely different. Billy's been out a long about well, a year, so. Um, it's tough for him at the moment because his his brain's telling him to do one thing and his body's not allowing him to do it. It's, it's that simple. That's the easiest way to break it down. And he's getting frustrated with himself, but he's just got to be patient. He's we all know he's a good player, and it's going to take him time to get back to there. You don't just you can't be out for a year and then just think it's all going to be rosy and you're going to be back to the same person. It's not. It's it's going to take him time. And um, but he could be play a big part later on in the season so um, we've got to be patient with him he's got to be patient and, and keep doing the right things and then uh, eventually he'll get back to where he was <clears throat> Anyone else available to you uh, at the weekend? No um, I think Ward is touch and go um, he's still feeling that dead leg um, good thing Christian got two 90 minutes into him and he's come back unscathed. So again, he's, he's he's topped up himself because obviously he hadn't played many games. Um, so yeah, he's 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 looking okay at the moment. But obviously the two shoulder injuries they're out for I think like ten to twelve weeks. So yeah, there's no one come back yet. Looking at the league table, a lot of people be surprised that Bristol Rovers are where they are. They're not a bad side. Uh, maybe they're in a fourth position. Having said that, they went out of the FA Cup on uh, Tuesday against Barnet. Um, yeah, last night against Barnet they lost, didn't they? But I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing they, uh, I'm guessing they put a weak inside out. Um, and yeah, they shouldn't be where they are. That's that's a fact. They're, they're a decent side. I watched them yesterday. Um, they're a good side. They cause problems. You know, there ain't no bad sides in this league. No one's given a right to, to, to win on a game. Um, they move the ball quickly and, and, and well if you give them time, time and space. Um, they've got threats on the pitch that can hurt you. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's down to us, you know. If, if, if we're right and, and, and we're at it like, like we have been the last few games, then um, then they expect us to win this. But they expect us to win every game. I'm a bit of a, I'll push them a bit hard at times but that's what I expect because I know what, what a group I've got and um, when we're on it then um, we're a very good side so we have to be on it on, on Saturday and then, uh, then I think we'll win the game Rovers in a false position do you think? Oh for sure for sure they, they shouldn't be there they're better than where, where they are um, they're not bottom four I think they are aren't they? They're in the bottom four there's, there's no way they should be there but it's a tough league, you know, you, you put a couple of wins together and, and then you climb the league quickly. So um, it's very tight at the top, down the bottom, it's, it's right the way through. So, um, yeah, no, they're a good side. Don't don't, don't look at their, their league position and think, well, that's where 
how good they are because that that ain't the case. There we go. There's Lee Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's game then with uh, Bristol Rovers here at the Valley. Um, plenty of questions about the squad. Talk about the likes of Prattley now out injured. Uh, as we know, Lyle Taylor is going to be suspended. Yeah. I mean, where do we go in in the in in the positions where we're not sure really? So you, you're talking about defence. Bauer, we're going to find out. Bowyer's going to find out on Friday and Thursday whether he thinks he's fit enough yet. So we don't know yet. To striker. Me, yeah. To me he doesn't start then. If you you know, if you're not sure on Thursday or Friday, he's definitely not gonna start. It's whether he can sit on the bench, I think, for, for Bauer. And and going back to kind of what I said earlier, I wouldn't change that back four. No. Because even though we are struggling a bit in the middle and Beelit could get into the midfield, I would rather let Lapsley play. And, and then and, and then even Ward's touch and go as well. So. Yeah, so I've just taken Ward out and put Fosu in. Yeah. And then I've had to put Morgan on the bench, like trying mm. to put my eighteen together because it's literally the last eighteen we've got by the looks of it. Yeah. So I mean, but striker wise, we're happy with a Jose with Grant. I yep. mean, he's proved he tries to prove himself on on Tuesday. I don't I don't think he did himself any harm. So he'll be out there with Carlin, obviously. Carlin's banging form as well, so that that'll be good. Um, yeah, and then you've got Arebo who's fresh mm, to come back. You guys say yeah. Grant is fresh, you know, yeah. which is good. Hopefully Reeves is fit because he would get in my team because there's no one else really. Um, it'll be Arebo and Reeves in the middle. But yeah, we, you know, as I said earlier, it's one of those games that out of all the teams to, to play at this time in the season with the squad we've got, then yeah, Bristol Rovers are not in very, very good form. I've barely got any goals in them and have been struggling. Is, is a good time to play them, hopefully. And uh, we can get... Get the three points, whatever. Yeah, days less, uh, less rest uh, as well for Rovers. I mean, obviously, we, we expect to go out there and take the game to them if Bristol Rovers come and try and make it difficult for us. I mean, we've had a few games where sometimes it can it can be difficult to break teams down. But a couple of the recent home games, if you look at that that Doncaster one and, of course, the Barnsley one, we've scored early. And that's made a big difference for us. Yeah, I, I think Doncaster and Barnsley both made it a game where they were going to come at us as well. And it makes it open. And we do seem to do better against teams that want to you know, come and have a go at us here and that works on our counter-attack. So it might be a frustrating one on, on Saturday um, because yeah, Bristol Rovers would probably say, we'll take a point. Yeah. But if we can sneak a, a one, get that goal and then go and get a 2-0 yeah. win, I'll be happy. So let's very quickly, let's say what our Jacko's jackpot bet's going to be. Crispy, I've given you the honours this week. I am going for Carlin to score first in a 2-0 win. Excellent stuff. Any money we win from that bet will go towards the upbeats. And is that your prediction as well then? You're going to go gonna for go that 2-0 win. win hopefully absolutely. that'll be exactly what we get. Right, we've run out of time on a very busy... Uh, big match preview thank you to all of you who've listened in thank you of course to Mark Kinsella uh, for joining us on the phone uh, as well as Lee Bowyer and George Lapsey for, for chatting with us thank you to Crispy for coming thank in thank you mate enjoyed yeah. it it's uh, been good to have you uh, I've been Louis Mendes this has been the big match preview thanks for listening we'll be back here on Sunday uh, to look back at whatever happens against Bristol Rovers here at the Valley on Saturday we shall see you later <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 